Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joey C from the Brutally Sober Podcast coming at you with my buddy Bobby C. As always, uh, it's Monday. Uh, we skipped a couple days. I hope you didn't notice. I hope you didn't get too worried about us. But uh, we're going to be uh, doing part two today of connecting the dots and following the money. This is Alcoholics Anonymous Deprogramming Podcast with your buddy Joey C from the Brutally Sober Podcast. Uh, and your buddy Bobby C from uh, My Truth About AA Facebook group. What's going on, Bobby C? Hey, Joey C, I missed you Saturday. We usually do a thing on Saturday, but Joey had some things he had to do, and it, it was good because I had a, I got back into it and did a little more research myself and connecting the dots, following the money. We'll go, we're going to go off on a lot of different tangents today. You know, people call people like to call. You know, when we talk about this stuff, they like to call us conspiracy theorists or, you know, why you why are you being so negative? Why are you deprogramming? Why are you debunking? Why, what, you know, what, what's all this negative stuff against Alcoholics Anonymous? And I'm just here to say that I'm just expressing some things that I found out and hopefully, um, you know, could help somebody, help some people. So that's that's why I think Joey and I are doing this program, uh, podcast. Back to you, Joey. Yeah, you know what? Um, I did a little bit more research this week, and I tell you what, you can go down a rabbit hole pretty easy. And uh, there's, there's in the 19, I don't know, uh, 30s and around that area, there's so many freaking associations and councils and uh, groups and uh, missions about getting rid of alcoholism and education of alcoholism and and this and that, like, it'll make your head spin. There's a, there's the, the AMA, the NGCCA, the ABCDF, the, the XYZ. It's like, there's so many things. So I'm trying to do research over here and I'm trying to do a little basic timeline. And, and I'm looking at this group. This started in, I don't know, 1950 something. And then there's they have a list of names and I go into and to try and do research on, on these people's names. And then that leads me to another group. And then that leads me to another group. And, and it just keeps going back and forth. And I have to, while I'm doing, while I'm doing my research, I have to remember where, where I'm getting my research from. The place where I'm getting my research from over here is all about AA and they love AA. So I'm not going to get any information from these people except for, you know, like positive reinforcement AA stuff. Beautiful. Let me kick it something right, right where you're saying. Beautiful point, because I wrote down in the very beginning how history is manipulated to suit, suit the, the, the history that they're talking about. You know, and exactly what you're just saying. I wrote it down. How, how like the timelines and everything is about Alcoholics Anonymous, and they're not talking about the past. And they're not talking about connecting all the dots or following the money. You know, they're only talking about how great AA is and this and that. And they spin it and make it look like really what we're deprogramming and debunking and going to show you some things that you can see through the veil. You can see through the, the smoke screen of different things where you could you could look. I always say look beyond the triangle. Look, when I say look beyond the triangle, look beyond the pyramid of Alcoholics Anonymous. And when you go beyond that, you can bring other things in. 
And and Joey's right. When he's looking at this thing, he's seeing a lot of positive stuff. You know, get back to you, Joey. So kick that back off. What were you talking about there? Yeah, so I got to be mindful of where I'm getting my information from. Uh, one side, I'm getting my information from places like, uh, for example, maybe something called uh, AA.org or as Bill sees it online.net or, or something like that, you know, it's going to be, you know, an AA type of um, a pro AA type of type of deal. You know what I mean? So I got to consider that. And then I go to another place where maybe um, I'm getting information where the author is um, coming from a point of view where he recovered from alcoholism uh, with the Sinclair method. Or, or something like that. So I know where, so maybe, so maybe this guy where I'm getting hit my information from him, maybe he doesn't like AA. He tried AA. He did the Sinclair method. He's not really all about AA. Um, so there's different perspectives. I got to consider where I'm, where my information is coming from. And what I did is just kind of merged the two, marbled them together and I'm just continuously creating a little timeline since, you know, starting with old man Benjamin Rush. You know, we talked about him a couple uh, episodes ago. Uh, he was the, um, he signed the Declaration of Independence and he called uh, habitual drunkenness a disease. He also, from what I read, said that it was progressive and it was hereditary. Um, so I started from there and I just, right now I went from there to, um, when, uh, Marty Mann started her, uh, tour of promoting AA and, and the disease model and things like that. And, and to get a, a full knowledge of all this stuff is like, I mean, it could take, it seems to me right now, because it's so overwhelming to me. It seems like it could take years just to fluidly talk about the history of AA, the ins and outs of it from an, uh, an unbiased perspective and include everything that actually happened. You know, to me right now, it seems almost impossible, but I actually, and since I'm actually interested in what I'm researching, I know that soon I actually will be able to do that, which is, which is kind of cool because I just happen to be interested in it. Okay, let me jump in then. Okay, that's great. See, people, we're not looking at the structure of Alcoholics Anonymous yet because to know what happened, you got to know Rockefeller, how, how John D. Rockefeller played in. If you're not researching Rockefeller family from the 1900s, okay, you're not going to get any glimpse of what I'm talking about, okay? Because this whole thing, and you know, Rockefeller's family, in, in 1937, Rockefeller's worth was 300 billion. He ruled 90% of the oil industry. This is just, this is in 1937, okay? This is the same time after the prohibition, Rockefeller was interested in the temperance movement. He, his, they were teetotals. He didn't, he didn't believe in drinking or smoking. He believed in making money 
and and that's all he believed in is power, prestige, and money. And he, he was to to understand where I'm going with this, you have to look up the Morgans, the the the, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers. But stick, let's just stick with Rockefeller himself. So Rockefeller, his in 1902, he created the General Education Board. Rockefeller gave a million initially, initially gave a million to start this. And then the family eventually gave over 180 million. And what this was, was the hijacking of the holistic study of medicine. And it became his new uh, medical, uh, it was called the, the country school of tomorrow. The, the country's school of tomorrow for medicine. And it wanted to control and weaken the holistic education. And they actually, they, they printed out uh, the Flexner report. If, if you go, all you got to do is Google R Rockefeller connection with medicine, the Flexner report. I mean, that's how easy it is. You go to two sites, the Flexner report. And what the Flexner report was, it debunked, it, it kind of <clears throat> made all holistic practices quackery. Okay. It made, it made all natural homeopathic medicines quackery. And um, that's when the hijacking of the medical industry and Rockefeller kind of took over uh, the medical industry. And that's the same, that's in 1901. 19, 1910, the Flexner Report was written. And just to, just to brief up, you know, from 1910 to 1939, he created a drug test, a drug trust with the alliance of a German pharmaceutical company, IG Farben, IG Farben, a German pharmaceutical company. All you got to do is look up IG Farben and how the alliance was made and how the drug trust was created by Rockefeller Foundation. So it, it ties into even his oil industry w way back then, he, he didn't like the alcohol industry because alcohol cars could be created and ran by distilled uh, ethanol. So he didn't like ethanol. So he had to go against the alcohol industry and he did a lot to, uh, with the prohibition and, and the temperance movement. And when we connect all these these uh, these arms of control, which he, the money that he put into the to the uh, education system, the medical field is just it's my, like you were saying, Joe. When you get into it, it's, it blows my mind. I got so much shit written down all over this place. I can't even get back to it. It's like my mind just doesn't know how to put it in place. Um, so we got to understand the Rockefeller connection. And when you understand the Rockefeller connection, you can go to the timeline in Alcoholics Anonymous when Bill Wilson was trying to form 
Alcoholics Anonymous. And without seeing all that back there and bringing it forward into where, when Bill was introduced to the Rockefellers, you, you really can't connect any dots from back there to here. So all they want you to talk about is the Pyramid of Alcoholics Anonymous. Then when you get into the, the, uh, the meeting of Rockefeller, Frank Amos, uh, and the, uh, the, the Amos report, which was in 1938, I think, he was investigating Bill's program, which did about 50 members back then. And uh, because Bill was broke, Bob was broke. They were broke for years. They didn't even have houses. They lost their homes. Okay, they had to stay with each other. Uh, matter of fact, Frank P took them in for a while, and then another group took them in, and then this other uh, place bought this, uh, got rented this uh, clubhouse, and they stayed upstairs for free. I mean, they were broke for for years. Uh, get, get back to you, Joe, so I could stop talking about that. So I, I hear everything that you said um, about Rockefeller up until Bill Wilson ends up asking him for money. Uh, from my perspective, from what I've read, is that uh, Bill got offered a job from uh, Towns Hospital where he stayed at and where Dr. Silkworth uh, worked. Uh, he didn't take the job because he didn't want to be making money doing things like that. And his fellow members said it wasn't a, a good idea. So this kind of like put a flame under his ass thinking that he actually, you know, couldn't make money doing stuff on his own if he actually had some capital. So he's goes to Rockefeller through his brother-in-law, his brother-in-law has a connection and he asked Rockefeller for money. And um, he's looking for like millions of dollars and Rockefeller only ends up giving him, giving him and Dr. Bob like $5,000. And that's like enough for them to like pay rent or something like that. So, I don't, I still haven't come across where Rockefeller gave, gave Alcoholics Anonymous a shit ton of money. Like how did, okay, I, okay. I still don't understand how, how okay, see, Alcoholics Anonymous it was, Rockefeller is a genius. He was a genius. Okay. He was a genius in setting up foundations. He created so many different I mean, he hijacked the AMA and created all these uh, entities and poured in so much money through the uh, to for the education system. He created foundations after foundations. Rockefeller Foundation is just look look it up. It's just foundations. He was brilliant. He surrounded himself with brilliant people. Frank Amos was an advisor. 
so was uh, Richardson. Okay, so uh, William Richardson, because Bill's brother-in-law, Leonard Strong, hooked him up with Richardson. Right. So Leonard, Leonard hooked him up with Richardson. Right. Richardson knew he had the in with the Rockefeller. He was an advisor mm -hmm. with the Rockefeller Foundation. Frank Amos was an advisor. Uh, another one was, uh, I think, Wood. So you, you got 1938 is when Frank Amos did the report. Rockefeller sent Frank Amos to do, see, because Rockefeller was looking at this, this thing that they were getting together. They, uh, they, they did a, a, a thing, no God or something. They promoted, it was all promotion. Then he got, then he got the Alexander, uh, what's the name? I forget his uh, last name, to do an article. They did an article and, and uh, then Rockefeller had the dinner. Right. Here, here's, here's the deal, Hank, Hank P. Hank Parkhurst. Okay. Rockefeller was watching this all along. Everything. Frank and him, Frank and Bill got together and they sold 600 shares of stock to the members. This is before uh, Rockefeller gave him anything. So he sees he sees that Hank P and Bill get together. They they sell six hundred shares to the members, twenty five apiece. Bill keeps uh, two hundred. Hank keeps two hundred. They sell two hundred, and they get five thousand dollars to help do some publishing. So Hank wanted Bill and Hank together to form the corporation, and to kind of own the rights. Rockefeller seen this. And he, I, I, I know for a fact that Rockefeller went in there and talked because of the Frank Amos report, because of Richardson, because they were the trustees. They became trustees. So Rockefeller bought the 600 shares, I mean, the 200 shares off of Bill, he, 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 he bought them back. They went and bought every share from the other 200 members. And at the end, Hank, he went out and got drunk and Bill took over his office and he had all his furniture there and, and uh, Hank said, you know, you owe me $200. Uh, and, and Bill said, look, give me the shares back and I'll give you the furniture. That's, ac that's actually in the history of it, okay? So it was all like a, a scam. During the, when they started selling these shares, 
it wasn't even a corporation wasn't even formed. It wasn't even legal. Okay. What they were doing was totally illegal and off the, off the chart. Rockefeller seen it. He knew, he knew. So he bought everything back and he, I, I believe he didn't even help do it. I mean, he showed him exactly how to form a foundation and it was called Alcoholics Anonymous Foundation. And that's when it went from Hank and all the shares to AA owning it, Alcoholics Anonymous Foundation owning it, okay? And that was really, that was some crazy shit, a lot of struggling going on. I mean, you gotta, you gotta understand it. Bill and Dr. Buck, they were broke. They were moving from one place to another. They were living over here. Alcoholics Anonymous meetings weren't even going on for like five years. They were still Oxford group meetings. Uh, back to you, Joe. Talk about that. That's, uh, that's Hank. Hank P. Okay. Now, can you explain who Hank P is? Wait, he, is he a... Is he a um... He's the fifth member, fifth member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, okay. He's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. No. It was, it was, it was Bill W's friend. He was a salesman. He actually worked for Standard Oil. And who owns Standard Oil? Gotcha. Rockefeller. Okay. So go, go ahead. Back to you. Go ahead. You got any more questions? On that? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I vaguely remember reading about, um, a good portion of what you were just talking about, but I don't, I don't understand. So what shares were being traded? They were making them up. It was a certificate because Bill Wilson was a stockbroker. So we know how to do that. And, and Hank P he was a salesman. He knew exactly what to do, what to say, how to sell it. He just went to like office, it wasn't Office Depot back then, or Office Max, got these things, certificates, and created these uh, these shares. And and these people, there were there was there was 50 of them. These people that he sold the shares to, and Hank, you got 200, 200, and 200, 600. They would have been the owners of the whole, all the book. They would have been the owners of the book, okay? Rockefeller didn't want that. That was ridiculous. And Bill screwed up big time. And he had to buy all the shit back. And uh, he had to get Hank's stuff back. There was one hold off. One guy waited two years, didn't sell the share back. So this thing went on for a long time with, with this book uh, because it was called War Works Publishing Company. And then when the foundation started, it was called Alcoholics Anonymous Foundation, which eventually turned into General Service Board. Okay. So it's all about, you have to understand what foundations are, okay? And how, how they get money because foundations, uh, Rockefeller helped them form this foundation because that's how they, they got some money. Rockefeller wasn't stupid. He lent them money, but he knew, he said, you're gonna be self-supporting uh, after a while. And, and it took them to 1946. You're talking 1935, 46, that's 10, 11 years to be self-supporting. Okay, so how in the hell do you think they got the money? They got the money through all the book sales. This whole this whole thing is about two corporations, which is one Alcoholics Anonymous Foundation and the other one is a Grapevine Foundation. This is all set up by all 
Rockefeller's associates. This, this thing is big and powerful. And Bill W. and Dr. Bob, I mean, Dr. Bob eventually, not much soon after, you know, he went back to the hospital and he was opening up treatment centers. He, he was running like a treatment center. He, he actually started to do things that, see, Bill could have had, he could have did anything uh, with the, uh, he's seen more money and more power and prestige of what Rockefeller was going to get, get for him than anything. Because if you look up, look up how much royalty uh, Bill got from the book and how much Lois got from the book, this whole thing, this, this whole pyramid is made up of the two corporations but the Grapevine Corporation is where all the pamphlets, literatures, and book sales happen. That's where the money's made. And if you if you look, see, they had to re-educate the whole system. So that's why Rockefeller took it. He took over the whole education system and transformed it into what they wanted. I mean, he he actually started the, the foundation for the cancer. I mean, years. He was like one of the first for the cancer. Get back to you, Joe. Okay, so Rockefeller gave him gave him money through shares and 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 this and that. I still don't know exactly how much and exactly how because I have to. I heard everything you said, but I still have to. There's just so much involved. Um, well, everything I just said about Rockefeller and the stocks is all AA history. You can look that up in any AA history. I mean, it's all, see, see, everything is in plain sight. There's nothing that's not in plain sight, but that's, that's why you got to connect the past and do a timeline throughout the history and then up until today. Without connecting them dots and following the money, it just looks like, yeah, Rockefeller just gave him some money. He was a great guy, and you know that was it. And Bill W. did all this stuff, and uh, he was a wonderful man, you know. And, and that's all bullshit, you know. Uh, you, you see, to be honest with you, that's how I. That's I still don't. That's how I see it. I don't. See I know. Any, I know. I know. Well, I don't see anything wrong with with um with Bill taking money and and I mean he's he's he had. He's, he's, he's spent his whole he's spending his whole life trying to trying to do these things and if he's gonna get a little extra money or a lot of extra money while he's doing it I don't care um, I don't think it's necessarily wrong I and where is all that either do I either either do I I don't care about Bill W <laughs> Bill W was such a small little cog in what I'm talking about I don't care about Bill he made, right. he made peanuts. He, he, my whole thing is how Rockefeller hijacked the whole system and created the new temperance movement, which is Rockefeller's temperance movement, is Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay? That's, that's Rockefeller's design of the temperance movement that he always wanted. Okay? And, and it's a control system of everything that comes after. See, Rockefeller doesn't look at the now he looks into the future always so you got you, so we have to look into the past bring it in, in into the timeline of 
the beginning of the alcoholics now, and then look further into the future. So that's exactly what a typical uh, comeback with me talking about Bill W, which you just said is exactly what all the members say. It's, it's, it's just typical. Okay. So it's like almost textbook, which you just said. And that's exactly what they want everybody to say. They don't want them to look at anything else. I don't have a complaint about Bill W, Lois, Dr. Bob, or anything, you know, uh, uh, Marty Mann. She was even a little player in the cog, but she was a big player in the sense that uh, Marty Mann, uh, Jernick, and Brinkley uh, together created all these agencies, professionalism, and expanded alcoholism into education about furthering the disease concept to the family disease. So it goes to the children, uh, the family, the alcoholic, the Al-Anon, the 12-step community, you know, it goes further into it. So Rockefeller liked that. He was watching. Rockefeller watched this whole thing develop from the, from the, probably three years prior to him really getting involved because he got involved in 1940. So Bill got sober in 1935. So here's Bill, you know, Bill meets Bob six months into sobriety, but uh, Bob gets sober. Two weeks later, Bill R gets sober. Uh, then Ernie gets sober. And then that's when Hank came into the picture. He was the fifth alcohol. And uh, if you really dig into it, they screwed Hank P big time, okay, just by doing, because Hank was, he was the brain. He helped write this whole thing. He was the one that set up the, the organization, moved the, the business to a little location. And um, he kind of he always pushed Bill, you know, he kind of always uh, pushed Bill to kind of motivate him because Hank was such a good salesman at the time when he was sober. But I think Hank died eventually, you know, and they say he died drunk, he died using. And, uh, but he had brief uh, times of recovery and then he drank and they had recovery. But uh, that's here and there, there. Back to you, Joey. So, so Bill and Bob, I mean, they're, they're just small time characters in this uh, Rockefeller scheme. Now, forgive me for if I'm beating a dead horse. I am a little dense sometimes. I don't know. I don't understand. I still don't understand what is up. What when now? What's Rockefeller doing behind the scenes while Bill and Bob are are doing their thing? And why should why should I be? Uh, say uh why should i think that it's wrong and why and why should anyone coming into aa uh care about what rockefeller did um specifically while dr bob and bill were doing their thing getting aa going that's another exact uh 
response that I would get back or anyone that would get back that was talking like me would, would get. And I've got that through time, through even friends of mine, close friends. Why do I have to give a shit about that? AA's helping people. And that's, that's the total response. Why do I have to care about anything in the world other than myself and Alcoholics Anonymous is doing a good deal. So why should I concern myself about anything? Me personally, you don't really have to. I, I, I'm not trying to tell anybody what they, what they have to do, okay? I'm just trying to maybe, maybe if I say something to you, might trigger you maybe five years from now. Could trigger you, who knows? Maybe it won't ever trigger you onto something. But without you looking into the history of Rockefeller's connection, and without people looking into the medical industry that Rockefeller has to deal with and how he created the whole modern medicine, okay, created the whole thing, pro professionalism, and how the agenda of the alcohol disease concept plays in, and how, how does he, what does he care about it? Well, if, see, like I, like I said, Rockefeller, he's, he don't, he's, he don't, he's not like us. He cares about the future and he cares about power, prestige and money and monopoly. He cares about the future. That's why he bought the same timeline. It's all going about the same timeline, 10 years. Okay, 1935 to 45, 46, say. You're talking when Rockefeller uh, bought into the pharmaceutical industry. Then, then you have to look at the alcoholism, uh, medical industry where drugs and alcohol come into play with all the different drugs. That's when methadone came out, methadone. Rockefeller controlled 80% of the two biggest industries in the world, pharmaceutical and weaponized industrial uh, weapon, weaponry industry, wars. Okay, there's, they're the two biggest. Uh, pharmaceutical is second. The war mongoling, more war profiteering is number one in the world. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, look it up. That's, that's, that's in plain sight too. All the stuff I talk about is in plain sight. Unless you don't give a shit and you don't connect the dots, doesn't matter. You know, I happen to give a shit about it. And here's the reason why, because this, this is why uh, you wonder why, Bobby, why are you doing this? Why are you even doing a deprogramming podcast? Because of the manipulation, the coercion, and the manipulation, really. And um, let's say uh, the programming of getting another human being into a Christian fellowship or a religious fellowship and having them give their will and their life over to the care of AA for life and recruit others for life. To me, that is called slavery. It's not freedom. It's a slavery. Now, I see it this way. That's my perspective of my reality of my life through my experience, through time. Uh, you know, like I say, time is just good in between and bad, made up of a bunch of stuff. We all have just the now, but my consciousness of what I know to be true today 
in my reality of the now, my perspective is that I'm helping someone uh, not be enslaved by Alcoholics Anonymous. You may say, I'm not enslaved and you're not. You aren't enslaved, I could see it. But that doesn't mean you won't be in the future, okay? So maybe I can see something in the future that other people can't. You think that's not a possibility? I mean, if we couldn't learn shit, then why do we have second grade? I mean, why, why do we have fifth grade? Why do we have 12th grade? I mean, if, if there's not levels of consciousness or awareness, then what are all these damn layers of education about? You know, uh, so when when I when I say I'm deprogramming, I, I connect the dots. I, it just may make it beyond the, the the triangle just a little bit to tip over one way or the other, where a person can consciously make a choice because I believe in the power of choice to check out something else, so they can expand their cells and don't get so brainwashed into a cult mentality that this is it and I must do this to stay alive and if I don't I will surely go to jail institution or death okay so I do it for that another reason why I do it is because I want my grandchildren and the other generations to uh, experience all these other realms. Now they they might start in AA, you know. Back to you, Joey. Okay. So Rockefeller, from what I understand, didn't have anything to do with. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, like the steps and how AA works like one-on-one -on -one, and how a, an AA meeting should be run and things like that. And, and you've said that my response to what you're saying is common, especially from people from AA members. Um, so I, feel that I am um, an unbiased researcher of AA history. And I'm doing research. I'm still, I got a long way to go. But so, so I just asked you, why, why should that matter to, why should that matter to me? Why should Brock, why should Rockefeller's involvement with AA matter to me? And when I ask that, I, I really, I truly want to know because I don't know specifically, I still don't know specifically why I should, why I should be uh, up, upset or feel that, that it's wrong. I don't know. I understand that Rockefeller uh, owns the medical industry and he owns pharmaceutical industry, uh, I'm sure. And so if he can run the doctors, he can say and tell and tell them to sell the drugs, then he's making money off the doctors and he's making money off the drugs. But what is his involvement with 
with with AA in in like if you're going to compare his involvement to to the medical it's 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 I'll just use one word one word control okay for you to understand or not to you I'm sorry but for the, the audience to understand control you have to know the past history of anything okay and uh, you have to really be aware and kind of want to know who's controlling you and, and you know certain people believe certain things you know certain people believe that the government don't control them that it's you know it's a me personally i believe that we're under control by you know government and religion and certain societies so it's about control joey did the did rockefeller uh rockefeller looked at the where the steps came from and you don't think he did he looked at exact Rockefeller was involved with the temperance. He believed in it. He, they were teetotalers. He loved, he, when I tell you Alcoholics Anonymous is Rockefeller's temperance movement, that alone should tell you that that's an achievement. That's a form of control. If he can control that, he can control the narrative of everything else. Okay, because all the all the alcoholics and all the drug addicts and all the, the the helpless people are put into a triangle. I don't care if it's NA or NA. That's control. Okay. So why would he do this? For money, but not the money that Alcoholics Anonymous is getting. It's, it's not. He didn't do the steps because the steps all came from. Uh, the Oxford group, all the steps. I mean, Bill admits it in one of the big articles, Bill wrote, wrote about the Oxford group, giving a tribute back to the Oxford group said the steps came from the Oxford group. That's a religious organization. Oh. I think the one step that didn't came from Silkworth and uh, Abby, where, you know, uh, they believed in the disease concept. The only thing that came from Bill and Silkworth and them was stick with the push the disease concept okay and i believe he was told there's to push that disease concept because you don't think they knew about all the other stuff in history about the disease would you think the bill just came up with this word you've been doing some research so you know that the word alcoholism and Russian Magnus and and all these other players knew about the uh, created the disease concept. Okay, so no Rockefeller didn't. He seen it was religious. He seen it was Christianity or not even Christianity. Event. Let's just say I use the word religion, but he 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 knew it was a religious perfection. See, twelve is a symbolized symbolism for perfection. Okay, and back then in the temperance movement, they wanted perfection. They wanted the elimination of alcohol because they knew how dangerous it was. Especially it was dangerous for society in the sense they couldn't get, you know, they, they didn't, they, 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 they wanted workers. They didn't want the workers to be drunk. You know, Carnegie, if you look up Carnegie and, you know, Napoleon Hill and all these big time players, they were all into perfectionism, you know, for, for, they wanted people to join their corporations. They didn't want them drunk. They didn't want drunkers. They knew how dangerous, 
Rush knew how dangerous alcohol alcohol was to spirits back then, and it is still dangerous. I mean, if you if anybody thinks when I start deprogramming, wait till I get into deprogramming alcohol industry. Okay, the alcohol industry is the biggest bullshit brainwashing. I believe in power of choice. You want to drink? You want a drug? Go ahead. But when you're manipulated, that's what this whole thing's about. That's why I'm talking about this. The manipulation of the pyramid. If you're manipulated and controlled into believing and thinking something through brainwashing and repetition over and over again, then I think that's wrong. You know, I don't think it's right. So it's just what the same thing that the alcohol industry is doing. They're brainwashing everybody through the repetition of all advertisements, billions and billions and billions of dollars of advertisements to our children, wives, families, alcohol. They knew back then in the 1800s how bad alcohol was. They knew it worse. They, they, they had the truth back then more than we have today. And if you think that this is shit is better today, it's worse. Okay. So what did alcohol, what did the Rockefeller want? Control. He wanted control because at the end game, most people are on uh, psych meds. Okay. Uh, there's a neuroxide. You got Sinclair method. That's a drug. Okay. They use a drug for not drinking for dopamine, the blockage, you know, methadone, when methadone came out, it's a drug. What they use methadone. They're all drugs. Drug after drug after drug after drug. Look at all the drugs they use, okay? So it's a control system, you know, and uh, Rockefeller sees the future. He don't, he don't care about the steps. He cares about control. The traditions control the whole hierarchy, the pyramid, the hierarchy. So yes, he did uh, care about the traditions and the concepts, okay? because they control the society. They keep it intact, all right? So yes, he cared about that, but he cared about the, the meetings and all that other stuff. No, he's seen it was, you know, he, they promoted this. It was promote, Alcoholics Anonymous in the traditions, what's it say, no promotion, attraction versus, that's bullshit, okay? They've been promoting this shit forever. Rockefeller promoted the shit out of it, all the big shots. You know, in the beginning, there was no, uh, they were all prestigious people that came into Alcoholics Anonymous, all business people. You know, the first 50, when Frank Amos did the report, they all had good jobs. They had all, you know, there were CEOs. There was all kinds of uh, money people. Really, in the beginning, only money people could get help because they had the money because they didn't have the insurance. They called them dry tanks. So rich people would go into dry tanks. No one would know it. They they give out the money, and they still do that today. I could talk about the the, the, the all the AA uh, places where I know people that just got out of jail six months and started uh, mansions. They rented mansions in Scottsdale, okay, and 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 started rehabs with chefs and all, and all their families were pay, They weren't insured because they were doing it in a different way. All the cash, they pay them cash. There's money in recovery. The addiction recovery industry is a multi-trillion dollar business. Okay. So why do I care? I just care about shit. Back to you, Joey. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, 
there's money to be made in the in the uh, what we call uh, I don't even know what to call it recovery industry or rehab industry or drug industry or or whatever. Uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of the, the people that I was looking into that uh, had information uh, that were on the other side of AA um, were were kind of um, like pro uh, Sinclair method. So they were, they're just taking a, taking a drug to, uh, to help their alcoholism. Um, and, and I don't, I don't agree or disagree with that. And I don't know why I'm veering off to that right now. I, I think it's just because it's just like a common theme that I found when I'm getting information from somewhere other than AA, they're, they're kind of coming from like a, that like a Sinclair method kind of, kind of a background, because these people that I'm getting information from, they kind of, they don't really um, acknowledge or believe that they necessarily have like early childhood trauma or that they drink because of uh, character defects or things like that. They simply believe that they got addicted to a drug. Okay. Or that they're, um, they're susceptible to being addicted to a drug because of their uh, genes. And so they don't necessarily need to go through therapy and things like that. They just, um, they say, oh, well, if there was only a pill to cure alcoholism, these people, yeah, I don't want to speak for every, all of them, but they, it seems like they tend to believe that, hey, you know what, there is a pill that cures alcoholism and it's called, uh, what, is, what is it now, Trexone? that yeah. does okay so it, it seems like they they do believe that a, that a pill um it was made to, to cure alcohol alcoholism um i don't know why i'm going off on on that right now but i just i just found that interesting because that's kind of where a lot of people from that that perspective are coming from and the people that are coming from AA's perspective as i'm doing the research are obviously think that it's more because of maybe you did have trauma or you're working through stuff and you, and you drink for for reasons other than actually being like physically and, and mentally addicted to it you, you drink because you're escaping some childhood trauma or, or something like that uh, again I don't know why I veered off to that but that was I guess that was in the back of my mind for some reason yeah, can... no, it's, I, I, yeah, I don't, we could do it. We could do a podcast on that and hopefully, you know, people would comment on that. I, me personally, I've never taken it. So I, I can't really talk about it. Here's what this is. I can only tell people my belief and what I feel and what I think I experienced through, you know, other greeted if they want to take a, take a pill to get off of alcohol and eventually get off of the pill, you know, I would tend to agree with that. But for me to re replace uh, alcohol, because every drug has a side effect. There's, there, I mean, if you don't know that, then you don't know much about the, any pharmaceutical drug. Every drug has a side effect. And you can talk to a lot of people that had probably side effects of the, the Sinclair method. 
But if they're taking something to get off of alcohol eventually, I believe that's that's okay. But if they're taking a drug, thinking that they can take the drug the rest of their life and still drink, like I got to take a drug now, I can still have a drink. Me personally, I don't I don't see any uh, upside to that. I just see a downside. I see two occupation, uh, two preoccupations. One is taking a pill, and one is thinking that you're going to go get a drink still somewhere. So me, I don't need to think about a drink. I don't need to think about a pill. So to me, that's freedom. And that's what my podcast on anonymous addiction at My Truth About AA, as Bobby C sees it, is all about. It's about freedom. It's about freedom of choice. You could choose that, but I have freedom to tell you uh, another thing that may, may work out. And I find out the, the best and easiest, and we all possess it. No one doesn't. The best and easiest for me is uh, control of abstinence. I don't, I don't have to control abstinence. I just don't do it. Or if you want to do moderation and you can, then, then fine. If you could get back to drinking and drink moderately, more power to you. And if it doesn't cause you trouble, if you feel like drinking and that's, you know, that's what your thing is, more power to you. Moderation. Yeah. Okay, like we talked about before, your moderation can be different than my moderation. So I believe that anyone can can quit drinking and drugging just like every just like millions and millions and millions and millions of people have done. That's how simple it is. Without going anywhere. I mean, you can go get help. Hey, if somebody wants to go to Alcoholics Anonymous for a little while and then go to Smart Recovery and check out, read a read a spiritual book, go to yoga, go to Refuge Recovery or go to Dharma Recovery or, or do family, do, do anything you want or do the Sinclair or do what, uh, do it. But don't stop. Don't think that that's, that's it. Keep on checking things out, you know. Matt is big. Matt, harm reduction. MAT is M-A-T, which is medical assistant tre uh, treatment or therapy, which is what? It's introduction of pharmaceutical product into the system while you're getting off. Hey, I don't have, all I'm saying is follow the money. All I'm saying is connect the dots and follow the money. You know, Rockefeller is not stupid. He, 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 he's, a, he's a monopoly in the pharmaceutical industry today. He, probably controls 80% of it, okay, in the world, all right, so do whatever you want to do, we're just here to kind of go back and forth, and I'm not here to make Joey believe what I believe in, and, and uh, he's not here to change my mind, I'm not here to change his mind, I'm just here to maybe bring something else into the consciousness that can help someone go a little check out something else just a little bit more bobby it's been another uh another hour another time travel i i just don't understand every time we get together like an hour goes by like that i don't know maybe for the listener that it, it, it seems like about three hours but for me it sounds uh it it seems uh like 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 five minutes um I uh, I enjoyed this conversation. We had a good back and forth. 
Uh, we have uh, maybe different uh, perspectives from uh, our own research and our own experience uh, that we're able to um, uh, have a nice uh, dialect uh, back and forth with each other. And uh, we're constantly learning from each other. And this is part of my program. I'm doing I'm doing an Alcoholics Anonymous deprogramming podcast right now. In a couple hours, I'm going to go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. All right. Um, I'm going to go do another uh, podcast tonight, probably uh, a brutally sober podcast tonight. All right. So check that out. Um, I'm going to go on to Bobby C's Anonymous Addiction Facebook group tonight. I'm going to go check that out. Um, I'm going to do some more reading uh, tonight. I forget which book I'm. I think I'm in between books right now. I ordered a couple other uh, AA uh, history history books that I'm waiting on. I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, those next week. This is all part of my program, okay? Um, I'm not gonna take a drink today because I don't want to. Uh, I know I'm familiar with I'm feel, I'm familiar enough by now with uh, the the cause and effect and and what happens when Joey C drinks and the feeling that he gets when he drinks. All right, I know, what it's, I know what it's all about, all right? And I know what sacrifices I will have to make if I ever decided to go back to what I used to do, which is drink whenever I, whenever I possibly could. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing my thing. Um, before I forget, I want you guys, we mentioned uh, Andy Scarantino last week because I was on her podcast a few weeks ago. I want you guys to check out her latest podcast that came out this morning. Our own good buddy, Bobby C, is on it. Um, it's a great podcast. It's a lot of great uh, information that... Uh, the two of them talked about and um, yeah definitely check out the get the fuck off the get the fuck off podcast uh, with Andy Scarantino our buddy Bobby C is on uh, the latest episode please check it out um, Bobby C you got anything else uh, for what we talked about or anything else going on anything else going on in your uh, life yeah, you, know, you want to talk yeah, about yeah yeah, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I didn't get to listen to it yet because I was preparing for today, and I I, I seen uh, Andy uh, posted it up, and I'm, I appreciate that so much. And I'll I'll give her a, a I'll I'll say something today uh, to her later on. Just getting back, doing a little timeline real quick. Like uh, Kenzie, this guy Kenzie, the doctor Kenzie, alcoholism cure in 1870. He had a cure in 1870, and. Uh, he had the double uh, chlorine of gold cures for drunkenness. I think he used chlorine, okay? And then Freud, you know, he used cocaine, you know? So all these people had different cures. He used cocaine. Freud used cocaine to treat alcoholism and uh, morphine. He called it the magic drug, cocaine, okay? So what you know today is probably going to be bullshit for tomorrow. So listen up, people. Uh, yeah, Freud back in the 1890s. And then you had the Emanuel movements. They believed in something. Then in 1935, listen to this, in 1935, the Lexington Farm uh, for narcotics, uh, narco farms, right? They researched, they actually researched on, uh, on human subjects. And uh, 
they were doing some bad, bad shit trying to experiment on drug addicts and alcoholics. This is only in 1935. And then, and then, you know, in, in uh, then the Oxford group in 1935, then in 1950, like 90 million members, uh, 1952, the AMA defined alcoholism, primary chronic disease, 1957, the VA treatment centers, 1958, halfway house associations, 1960, E.M. Jarnick promotes disease concept. 1964, insurance, full-blown insurance for the whole industry. 1964, the methadone program. 1972, the FDA approves uh, methadone. You know, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. It's just never-ending. The simplest thing is just don't pick up a drink or a drug if you want to maintain abstinence and further your expansion of your consciousness and awareness, you know? You gotta want it, you gotta desire it. You, you gotta want this thing. You know, if you don't want it, then do whatever you're doing. You know, like, it's not that I don't care, but I have no control over anybody. But uh, I got so much shit that I didn't go through at all. I didn't probably touch on none of it. But check out Anonymous Addiction my truth about AA as Bobby C sees it. And I say as Bobby C sees it because sooner or later, Joey's going to go to as Bill sees it meeting candlelight and he'll open up little, the little book as Bill sees it and read Bill's stuff. Uh, so you could check out Bill's stuff or Bobby C sees it, or you know what? I prefer it to be Joey as Joey C sees it. Okay. Uh, instead of as Alcoholics Anonymous sees it. As Joey C. sees it, I'll end with that. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next Saturday, probably, unless we need to postpone it. You never know. We're a couple, two, uh, you know, we're two guys. We got a lot going on, all right? Hey. You know? So just take it We easy. got life to live. We got life to live. We do this because we enjoy it. I do it because I enjoy it. I like hanging out with Bobby C. And uh, it's part of my program, like I said, so. Most likely, we'll see you guys on Saturday. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. And everyone, um, be good, be safe, and um, we'll see you later. Take care.